Welcome to the Wallaway. This is Imran Nalawala. I'm here with a good friend of the show, Sharik Abdul Ghani, known as the Job Search Guy. Sharik, why are you called the Job Search Guy? I help people get the tools they need to land the jobs they want. Okay, so you help them get the tools they need to, to land help. the jobs they want. That means I can help with resume writing and editing, LinkedIn makeovers, job search strategy. But the thing that I enjoy the most is holding someone's hand and guiding them to the career of their dreams. Uh, so, Sharik, what are some of the tools that are needed for today's job seekers? What makes 2018 a different year than previous years? What's unique about this generation and what they need to find the right job? Well, everyone needs uh, traditional tools such as the resume, the cover letter, and the thank you letter. But as many can imagine, you also need a LinkedIn profile. You see, the stat says that over 90% of hiring managers will search LinkedIn before they decide if they want to interview a candidate or not. So it's a given. You have to use LinkedIn if you want to set yourself apart from the crowd and if you want to give people an additional social understanding of who you are and what you can do because other folks can recommend you and they can put in testimonials on how great of a candidate you are on your LinkedIn profile. But in addition to your resume, your cover letter, your thank you letter, and your LinkedIn profile, you need other small tools as well, such as small gifts, maybe a UPS account or a USPS account to send resumes by way of parcel delivery with a small jar of honey. Um, you, you may need other tools such as a really great, uh, a really great suit or a s nice business card that you can leave at a job fair or after an interview to leave an additional impression, something that the rest of the herd might not. So there's the traditional tools and then there's tools that will really help set you apart from the rest of the crowd. Why do you think a lot of people don't do those things? I mean, because a lot of these things are cliche. So, for example, wearing a particular suit, uh, showing up on time, with, like as you mentioned in the car ride here, right? S sitting somewhere, standing outside a potential boss's office for six hours. Why don't people do that? Well, because the custom custom has it, and what folks learn at the University Career Services Center is that you go to monster.com, you send in your resume, you send in your cover letter, and you sit back and twiddle your thumb and hope someone's going to call you back, which is the complete opposite way that you should be approaching your job search, especially for long-term success. Yeah, it definitely works for some people. It doesn't work for the majority. It definitely works for some people, and you can keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and your job search will take three, four, five months but that's not the most efficient way of doing your job search. And that's definitely not the right way of doing your job search because what that negates is the mentality of the job seeker. See, every candidate has to assume that the job search process is nothing more than a sales process because that's the reality of it. The job search process is exactly like a sales process. No one can say anything different because every time you apply for a job, what you're saying is, hey, please pick me. Please purchase me because you want the company to invest fifty to a hundred, maybe two hundred thousand dollars in you. They're investing that money in you. They're purchasing you. What's a resume other than a brochure or sell sheet? What's a LinkedIn profile other than an online store about who you are? What's a cover letter or a thank you letter other than just follow-up sales techniques? In fact, an interview itself is nothing more than the customer interviewing you to see if you're a good fit to live in their home. So you touched upon a few different things. So it seems like one, there is a problem of uh, fear, right? And there's also the, the issue of entitlement. So as you mentioned, the career placement office or center in the universities, 
I feel like uh, sometimes people feel entitled when they apply for a job. They feel that no matter what, they should get it. They should get it. But on the other hand, people have to take risk. So how do you reconcile these two different things? Well, I mean, the whole entitlement issue is absolutely real. Uh, with job seekers graduating college now, uh, the sense of entitlement is almost sky high. The, the idea, the expectation is if you have all the qualifications, you have a good GPA, you have a good degree, recommendations from professors, all the right internships, you should get a call back. Um, they should offer you a job after the interview or the interview should go well or they should be impressed by you. And But what that's doing is placing the onus on the other, placing the onus on the customer. Again, coming back to the sales process, you're expecting that the customer is going to see you and say, you're the best product in the world. Let me purchase you. Well, it doesn't work like that. In fact, no consumer shops in that manner either. You don't go to Best Buy to purchase a fridge or you know go out and, go out and figure out a phone without reading the reviews, which is essentially your references or what other people are saying about you on LinkedIn, checking out to see if the product will live up to speed, which is an interview, and maybe even taking it for a test drive. You consider all of these factors before you make a purchasing decision. So just by saying that I've got all the right specs, you should obviously purchase me. I'm an iPhone. Well, it doesn't work like that mm. because an Android might work good for someone's so for someone's lifestyle and an iPhone might work good for someone's lifestyle. Just because you're a hotshot doesn't mean you're going to get a job. Which brings me to the next point that you had mentioned about fear. Um, you, you know, again, coming back to the whole sales process, when you're searching for a job, if you step into the mindset of a salesperson, you may hate sales. You, you may just view a salesman as, you know, with a very strongly negative light. But once you embrace the mentality of a salesperson and you go out to sell yourself and you pitch yourself, there, there's going to be a strong element of fear because when you go out and pitch yourself and you do it in a way that's different from everyone else at the job fair or you line up in, in front of HR's office for six hours waiting for them to step out so you can hand them a cardstock resume with a small jar of honey so they can never forget you. Well, there's an element of fear there, and but you have to overcome it. You have to embrace it. You have to enjoy living in that aspect of fear because living in that, living in that situation of fear, embracing risk, that means you know, having do engaging in your job search for three to six months or engaging in your job search for two to four weeks. So what are some, so embracing the fear is an intangible. What are some of the intangibles that you encounter by the many people you've either interviewed or the people you've built resumes for? What are some, uh, some skills that just transfer from one job to another, no matter, irregardless of what the field is? Well, you know, whenever I, whenever I look at a resume and I've seen thousands of resumes and I've reviewed thousands of resumes and helped um, over 1400 people get jobs as of this date in the past couple of years. Um, the, the, the aspect of resume that really stands out to me uh, is not necessarily the proper grammar and the spelling or the visual appeal of the resume, but what the resume tells me as a story. Because again, sales, this is, whole, this is a sales sheet. So does the brochure tell me that this is going to be the best product for, my, uh, for, for the opening that I have? And will this product grow with me? And will it scale with me and improve my bottom line? That's a story that I really want to see on a resume. That's a story that every recruiter and hiring manager wants to see. That you as a candidate will not only just do great in your do great in your position, but you're gonna you're gonna excel at it by growing it, uh, growing within it, 
by looking at other industry trends and standards, improving my bottom line. And the way you essentially do that is by showing how you've improved efficiency, how you've improved the bottom line, how you've grown in the present, how you've grown in the position by giving presentations, by reporting to management, and what you've done to improve yourself as a professional. Because when you improve yourself as a professional, you're doing more than just the basic job description. You're excelling at your position and you're improving your departmental performance and essentially helping out the company. So let's shift a little bit to talk about entrepreneurship. So you've reviewed thousands of resumes. When you deal with entrepreneurs, what do you notice about entrepreneurs who make it? What is what is what sets them apart from the entrepreneurs who just want to get into entrepreneurship but they never really make it. They're not making enough money, their dreams are not really fulfilled. Have you noticed anything? Well, I'll tell you this as a real quick side note. If you're an entrepreneur, you definitely don't want to list it as on your resume because no hiring manager, not a single one out there wants to hire an entrepreneur because the moment you find your golden nugget or take your project to the next level, you're just going to bounce from that position. And all the money that company invested in you is just going to go to waste. So, so shout out to all the entrepreneurs out there. If you have that tick, don't mention it on your resume. Give yourself a different title because you can. Um, but you know, all the entrepreneurs that I meet who are looking for a job are always conflicted. They have one foot, they have one foot in their own projects and they have one foot in the industry because they well, they need to make some cash flow in order to fund their private project. Uh, my recommendations for entrepreneurs out there, and I see a ton of them all the time who have who've got this bug, they've got this entrepreneurial bug to do something on their own and not take orders from another guy and make money for themselves. Rather, from so, rather than for someone else, is to keep those two lives separate. Make sure that HR can't find out about your entrepreneurial ambitions. Make sure that you're funding, you're, you're diligently funding uh, your entrepreneurial project with the salary that you make, and you set up goals for yourself as an entrepreneur because what's really easy, you know, what becomes really easy is that when you get nice and comfortable in your job or in your position, um, that your entrepreneurial ambitions just slowly fade away and 10 years have gone by and you look back and you think to yourself and, oh my God, I really wanted to do this project, but the job got in the way. Well, what really got in the way was you. It's because you didn't set milestones, you didn't set, you know, you didn't set project timelines for yourself to make sure that you stick with your entrepreneurial ambitions. You know, getting a fat check every single, you know, every single month or every other week is a really good feeling. It's a great way to support yourself and to feed your children and put a roof over your head. But um, you know, if you've got that bug, you should really satisfy it. So you mentioned two things that uh, that I paid attention to. You said one. Uh, you need to be able to separate a job from being an entrepreneur. Yes. And second, you mentioned um, com being comfortable. Because sometimes it seems like when you get comfortable, you get complacent. Absolutely. And then you may have regrets down the line. Yeah. I know for a fact that you are an entrepreneur. Right? I am. Absolutely. Okay? And you do many things. But what I want to focus, focus on is things like discipline, time management. Whether a person is managing one project or many, I feel that uh, again, it goes back to the resume talk and feeling entitled. Even people who get into entrepreneurship, sometimes they feel entitled because they have a great idea. But what about the blood, sweat, and tears? What about the actual work? So if people who are entrepreneurs don't want to work from 9 to 5, but they may in fact be working from 6 to 12 at night, right? Absolutely. So what about that side of it? What can you tell the young entrepreneurs out there 
what type of dedication is needed? Yeah, when you, when you go into entrepreneurship, I think every entrepreneur knows uh, the nine to five goes out the drain and you embrace the 6 a.m. to midnight uh, on the daily seven days a week. You do whatever you have to do to hustle and grind and make yourself success, successful. But the difference is there you're making yourself successful and not some random company out there that, you, you know, to, to whom you're just a number. And they'll just get rid of you um, any time of their choosing. You know, this isn't to dis- this isn't to discourage people who want to go in a professional career track because there's some things that you just can't do on your own, and you need you need the support of a company in the beginning at least. Um, but for the entrepreneurs out there, you know, and frankly, it's it's two in the morning. I don't remember the original question, <laughs> which is hilarious. But um, for the entrepreneurs out there, they should just. What are some like again? What is needed? If I want to make it, so if I am run, I have some ideas. What are some things that I absolutely have to do as someone who's new to the entrepreneurship game? Focus, 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 and find mentorship. Surround yourself with people that want to be successful in entrepreneurship as well. If you want to be the best damn free thrower out there, you're going to surround yourself with other people who have the same type of ambition to give yourself, you know, tips, tricks, you know, push each other on the court. Same thing when you go to the gym, if you want to lose weight, you might find like-minded people. And that's usually the first thing that people do, right? Mm. Is they try to find a gym buddy. Well, it's the same thing. You want to find an entrepreneurial buddy, preferably buddies who will meet up once a week maybe and support one another because entrepreneurship is damned hard. And it requires a lot of risk, a lot of fear. You know, you could lose your money. You may mortgage your house. You may do a lot of stupid stuff because it can, at, at a point, it can become a massive addiction. And it's a great, great feeling, especially when you become successful. And when you fail, you have to have a group of people out there to say, this failure is actually a learning process. Don't quit. Find the next project. Move forward. What are some, I mean, uh, you know, real quickly, what are some inherent benefits of, of being an entrepreneur i mean uh, schedule making freedom what, what, what do you find as some of the inherent joys of being an entrepreneur yeah for some for some of my friends it's being able to play call of duty at night <laughs> um you know every, everyone has their own but some people hate traffic uh some people just like chilling out at home working working from home some people just don't like listening to the man uh, everyone's got the reasons for me I get to see my boy grow up every single day of his life, right? Since the moment he was born until today when he just turned five, I've seen essentially every single day, I've seen him take his first steps, I've heard his first word, I've heard his first sentence, I've heard his first lie, I've seen the first time that he put his hands literally into the cookie jar and denied actually doing it. You know, I've had, I can experience life, Hmm. um... And everything that's important to me, and that's what's so beneficial to me about entrepreneurship. So even with the the possible uh, downsides, the positives definitely outweigh the negatives. For me, absolutely, okay. absolutely. But it's a mindset. You have to be full on committed. You can't have one foot here, one foot there. I mean, even if you have a professional career and you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to set a deadline to when you're going to quit your job. And it can't be when I make a million dollars with the uh, with with the with the you know with the business because that's just not going to happen. It's not realistic. A realistic goal essentially is. I need to be able to commit 10 more hours of my life here, and I just don't have that with my career. It's time to let the career go and focus on the business itself. You can't have one foot in, one foot out. You have to commit fully to this type of an endeavor. So the job search guy, obviously entrepreneurial, right? Absolutely. An an idea that you had. 
when you're dealing with a client, so if I called you right now and I said, look, uh, Sharik, I need help with a resume. What are some things that you do that are different than most job search or people in the job search industry? So how do you differentiate? What's your specialty when, when I'm a client? What are you doing with me? What are you trying to find out for me? A good portion of my background is marketing and sales. Uh, what I feel differentiates me from job search coaches or other resume and career service companies is I focus on the story, the narrative. I, I, I focus heavily on looking at this from a sales perspective. So I see your resume as a brochure and I want to design the content on your brochure to make it fit to specific industries and specific niches, sometimes even specific positions out there. Uh, and that's very important to tailor your brochure to the market that you're applying to. So I look at the story, the narrative and the content, and I design it in a way to where it appeals to the emotions of the person that's reading it, which is, of course, the end user. So in, in closing, uh, I want you to give some advice to our listeners, especially the younger listeners who want to be entrepreneurs, who are even looking for their first jobs. Oftentimes they feel discouraged. Sometimes somebody has given them the wrong advice and sometimes they just don't know what they want to do. But what would you advise someone who's 19, 20, 21? They want to make an impact. They want to do something that's meaningful. They just don't know how to start. Don't, look, don't go to university career services uh, to get help with the position. Instead, go out uh, to Amazon.com and Barnes and & Nobles and read all the books you can on sales. One in particular called The Purple Cow by an author, a brilliant author named Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N. Look him up. It's an old book, but it's essentially it essentially he essentially talks about how to set yourself apart from the rest of the herd. Um, so my my only piece of advice that I'd give to people who are starting you in the job search is to train yourself in sales. Thank you, Sharik. Uh, while away, listeners, you heard it straight from the source. Sometimes you got to fail to learn, and not being afraid. Uh, being able to differentiate and separate between what you're doing, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or you're looking for a job, diversifying your skill set, putting yourself out there. This is a journey, right? It's not a race. You're trying to win the marathon, but it takes time. You have to do it step by step. Sharik Abdul Ghani is a good friend of the Wallaway. And where can we find some more information about you? Where can we read some of your work? Where do we find you on social media? Folks can find me on thejobsearchguy.com. You can find me on LinkedIn especially. Just search The Job Search Guy. Or look me up by my name, Sharik Ghani, S-H-A-R-I-Q. Last name is G-H-A-N-I. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn. Check out the website. Ask me any questions. I give out job search advice for free every day, all day. doesn't matter. Just reach out to me if you have any questions, and we'll take it from there. Thank you, Sharik. No problem. Thank you for having me.